Good morning, gorgeous. How are you doing today? I hope you're having a wonderful day so far. Welcome to the Dr. Daff Show. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Daff, and I'm bringing you a segment from my second channel, or my third YouTube channel, Mornings with Michelle. On that channel, it is Christ-based. It's Christ-centered conversations in a cozy, comfortable environment. It's just a place for us girls, men are invited as well, to have conversations centered around Christ, to help with discipleship, to help with understanding your relationship with God, to connect with other people who believe in Jesus, to get that spiritual nourishment, and to learn, to grow, to thrive. I'm bringing you these segments in the month of December. And after that, if you would like to join me on that channel, you can feel free to visit my YouTube channel, Mornings with Michelle, and get the rest of the content moving forward. We are reading from a book called Disciplines of a Godly Woman, and the book is specifically a discipleship book teaching you how to be a godly woman. And this chapter is centered on the discipline of prayer, teaching you how to pray effectively, how to make sure you're hitting all of the things that you need to touch on when you pray to God. There is a systematic way to pray to God. It's not necessarily a legalistic way to pray. It's like you don't have I'm not because you don't have to say these things, but it's a structure to make sure that you are getting everything said so that you can get your prayers heard and answered. It is frustrating when we feel like there's no point in praying because our prayers don't get answered. There are so many things that come in between our prayers to God. And there's a lot of things that we just need to know, because if you don't know, then (laughs) You're in the darkness and other people have these tools, these keys, and they also have the results to go with it. So I want to introduce you to this chapter, but I also believe in the future that I'll create another segment on prayer because I feel like in this book, she did a good job of like breaking down the different aspects of prayer, but I want to make sure that I touch on every single thing for those of you who really need it. The audio is being pulled from my YouTube channel, so the audio may be a little bit less clear, but hopefully you're able to hear everything and get everything that you need. So go ahead and sit back, relax, get something to drink, get something to write with, and let's talk about this. We are reading from the book, Disciplines of a Godly Woman by Barbara Hughes. And today we're talking about the discipline of prayer. And again, this book is helping to teach you as a beautiful woman, how to have a long lasting, beautiful, romantic, loving, powerful relationship with the Lord Jesus, with God your Father, with the Holy Spirit himself. And if you're not someone who grew up in the church or has anyone to help you, guide you through like what should be happening in the day-to-day in your life, how can you actually see results from having a relationship with God, this book is fantastic. I always feel like I have to move a little bit closer because I feel like maybe... You can't hear me that well, so let me just scooch up. I hope it's not like all up in your face. 
When you think about prayer, what comes to mind? What is your perception of prayer? Because some people think of prayer as a way of getting God to do what you want him to do. It's almost like a, a wish list or a genie granting your desires or even Santa Claus, right? And that also makes us really disappointed when things don't go our way after we spent time asking and begging God and something you know you think is going to happen doesn't happen you're like why did I even pray <laughs> right or sometimes people will say can you please pray for me for this or for that and we wonder does it even matter when we pray for people like does it make any difference what is prayer what is it really and why is it important I have my own like I can give a whole like hour conversation about prayer, but I do want to talk about what she talks about in this book because she's breaking down how to pray. And maybe in another video, I'll talk about prayer and like what prayer is and what makes praying so powerful and important in your life. Why must we pray? Apart from the well-known scriptural calls to prayer, there are two great human reasons why we ought to pray. The first is found in the fact that prayer is the source of power for growth and perseverance in our spiritual lives. Just as newly planted seeds need exposure to the sun in order to grow to maturity, we need exposure to the sun of righteousness or our growth may be scented. The second reason is that prayer bends our will to God's will, which is what submitting our lives is all about. I never fully understood this until I heard an explanation by E. Stanley Jones, a missionary and a man of prayer. He said, if I throw out a boat hook from the boat and catch hold of the shore and I pull, do I pull the shore to me or do I pull myself to the shore? Prayer is not pulling God's will to my will but about the aligning of my will to the will of God. Prayer then is not about getting God to do my bidding, but the shaping and bending of my will until it aligns with his will. So that's a really interesting way of thinking about prayer. Um, again, it's about eventually that that communion with God, that intimacy with God, that time with God, what starts to happen is that you think that you want something and as you pray, it's spiritual. It's not something you can see. You don't understand how it ends up happening, but somehow, some way, the Lord changes your heart to see things clearer. It's like you are seeing it in your carnal eyes and the Lord just removes the filter and helps you to see what it really is and helps you to then want what you really need. The prayer life cannot be reduced to simple rules. Although we will discuss five aspects of interaction with God in devotion and prayer, there is no prescribed order. Life's rhythms sometimes demand that we launch directly into one style of prayer, which is petition, like, Lord, help me. Other times will be spent entirely in confession and meditation or adoration. So there are different parts of prayer that she's going to talk about. Meditation, confession, adoration, submission, and petition. And you're like, girl, <laughs> all of that is in prayer. All of that is in prayer. And the Lord actually taught us how to pray in the Bible. When Jesus was here on earth, 
with his students, his disciples, they asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he gave us the Lord's Prayer, which is our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. In the name of Jesus, amen. So that may just look like a random prayer to you, but that is actually the order in which you are to pray. So there is an order that God gave us. I know she's saying that there is no order. And in a sense, yes, like once you have a relationship with God, you don't have to go through this order. But it is important to know that there are things that God wants to hear. There's a way to get results. And um, yeah, we want to make sure we're touching on all of those things because he actually told us that this matters. So it has to matter to us. The first part of this is called meditation. So when you hear the word meditation, what comes to mind? Let me tell you what comes to mind. You know, all of that like Eastern meditation and that is becoming so much more rampant now because people are in this state of mind where they've realized, oh, wow, life is actually really crazy. I need peace. What can I do to get peace? And so they go towards what's out there and what's popular which is meditation and unfortunately people think it's so harmless because they think that it's just like an exercise but really it's spiritually rooted and meditation does come from a spiritual place but not from the lord jesus not the meditation that you hear where you're just breathing in and releasing everything in your mind and emptying your thoughts and emptying your mind well, you empty it and then the demons come in because it's empty. <laughs> so the way to meditate is actually by filling your mind with the word of God, with meditating on his word. And she says here that Christians are not instructed to empty their minds. You're not supposed to ever empty your mind. Meditation begins with a devotional exercise of listening to the word. The words of scripture are not merely to be read, but also to be heard. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the scripture that says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. A lot of times people will say, well, I don't have enough faith or I need more faith for this. And it's like, how do you get faith? How do you increase in faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. The more you listen to the word of God through like preaching, through teaching, through like these kinds of chats, the more you hear scripture, the words come to life. That's what gives you the faith because you start to ingest it, inhale it. Like it starts to become yours. And <laughs> Kevin Zadise, he's one of the uh, people I listen to, he says, you know, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Like you're able to take those words in and it enters into your body and that enters into your spirit. And then you become strengthened and you have more faith. So it's so important that you listen to the word of God, that you read the word of God and you read it out loud sometimes, or you sing the word of God. But those scriptures, those words in the Bible mean something they are life they are alive and i'm not gonna go too deep into that but okay i'm, I'm gonna just say it a long time ago before i like right when i 
found Jesus. Right when I got in Christ, I remember I was like posting content about God and someone got really upset and she wrote a comment. She's like, the Bible is just a bunch of spells, just a bunch of spells. And I remember thinking, oh, that's interesting. If an unbeliever believes that the Bible is just a bunch of spells and she knows that these words have power, maybe it's not working in her favor, but she is under the realization that these words have power. They're not just words. And um, that actually, even though it was supposed to like upset me, that actually really increased my faith in the scriptures. So anyway, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Meditation is also verbal. So that's what I was talking about. When the psalmist, who is King David, the book of Psalms in the Bible, when the psalmist speaks of meditating on the law of God day and night, he uses a word that means to mutter. Muttering God's word back to him in prayer involves committing it to memory or praying with an open Bible. So along with systematically reading the Bible, we ought to select meaningful segments to reverently verbalize. When you're reading your Bible, it is so important that you have flashcards or you have a journal or you have a highlighter and you are highlighting scriptures that stand out to you, things that really speak to your spirit, underlining them and taking those verses into yourself. My style is to use flashcards. Like I definitely always highlight and underline, but then if it's something that really speaks to me, I use flashcards and I just write the scriptures down. I try to use flashcards with different colors because I like a little variety in my life. Um, I use different size flashcards. I even have this, which is like a little flashcard flipper so that this is something I could just take with me somewhere. And um, it's not too much. And I just have promises from the Lord. When I need to stand on promises, they're all right here. And this is something you must, must, must do if you wanna grow in Christ, if you wanna grow in faith, if you want results when you pray. And I'll talk more about the reason why later but this is so important so make sure that you are verbalizing the things that you read and you are meditating on those words so how do we meditate the bible says meditation should be continual day and night ideally you could make meditation part of your devotions or your quiet time apart with god but even in your busy schedule it can be punctuated with scriptural meditation in the car at lunch while waiting for a bus. Write a text on a card and slip it in your pocket or purse. Pull it out in a spare moment. Mummer it, memorize it, pray it, say it, share it. I used to just keep like one in my car, just one. That way I could look at it, I could meditate on it, I can see it if I need something, if I need to believe in God for something, it was always there. And um, that's something that's so important. And the thing is, like, sometimes you just need a word from God. Like, sometimes you're in a situation and you're just like, I'm, I just can't, like, I need, I need something more. The word of God will be that bread for you, that food for you. It'll be that sustenance that you need. So, for example, let's say you are being called in at work to talk to the boss because you're possibly in trouble for something that you did. And you're worried, you're scared, you don't know what the heck is gonna happen. You find one of your scriptures that says, do not be cowardly, do not be afraid, alarmed or terrified of them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies 
to give you victory. Deuteronomy 23 and 4. So a scripture like this is so powerful. Imagine being so scared about something that's going to happen or you're about to go to court and you read this. Do not be cowardly. Do not be afraid, alarmed, or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Like, are you serious? This is all you need. You read this over and over. You make sure you just take this in you. And this is going to be the faith that you need to get through that situation. So I love, I love having different things around for different reasons. Um, this one really spoke to me when I was in a situation where I just really wanted to get close to God because I felt very separated from him. I felt like I wasn't fulfilling my, my purpose. I just, I don't know. I just felt unhappy, disheartened, weary. And this was not that long ago. Um, I read the scripture and I meditated on it. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. And when you read stuff like this, the Holy Spirit who is God is inside of you. So he's talking to you as you're reading this and he's like bringing certain words out and making you really think about them when you meditate. So he's saying, I chose you before I formed you. Hmm. You chose me before you formed me. What does that mean? Okay. So before you actually made me, made my hair, my skin, my eyes, my smile, you chose me and then you put me in a body. I'm more than just my body, my looks. All of this is actually made for why you chose me. So, you know, he says, I chose you before I formed you. I chose you. Ah, I chose you. That means that it's not me who chose God. He actually chose me. And he chose me before he even made me. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. That means, you know, when you're doing something, you know, you have all your different cards and he's saying, oh, I set you apart. I took you out and I put you here because you're important. I set you apart before you were born. <laughs> it takes you out of the present and puts you in eternity to say like, this is, I'm so important to God. I mean so much to him. Before I was even born, he already separated me from everyone else and chose me. Like, that is so encouraging. And then he says, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 1.5. And you may read this and you say, well, what is a prophet? Because you hear the word and you're like, I'm, I ain't no prophet. But... Well, that's when you go to your dictionary and you look up what the word means. So I looked at the word prophet and the word prophet, the definition says a person regarded as an inspired teacher or proclaimer of the will of God. So does it mean I have to be walking around the desert screaming, the Lord told me, thus says the Lord, I had a dream. It could just be a person regarded as an inspired teacher of God. And so he's saying, this is who you are. I'm telling you who you are. I created you before you even got here. I formed you before I even knitted you in your mother's womb. You were someone I set apart. I put aside for myself. Mm. These things help to just encourage you and build you up. And then you feel connected again. You feel close again. And um, that's the beauty about meditating on a scripture. 
and something else that is so important for you to know and you may not even realize how important this is but when you speak the word of god when you actually pray with scripture the angels are listening and that's their like that's what they need to take that word and give it to god and get that answer to that prayer for you and bring it back down for you there is supernatural movement activity happening around you all the time there are angels who are waiting for you to say something that they can do something with and people who have had encounters with angels and with god and in different you know kinds of ways have said that a lot of times the angels are sitting there and they're just like doing having nothing to do because you're not speaking the word of god that's what they're looking for that's what they need all of your mumblings and rumblings are fine but the power is when you speak the word of God. The power is when you say, Lord, I'm so scared that I have to have this conversation with my husband and I really don't want to. But you said in your word, do not be cowardly. Do not be afraid, alarmed or terrified because of them. Because the Lord your God is the one who goes before me to fight for me against my enemies to give me victory. So help me in this divorce course. And the angels say, got it. And they're off with that prayer and giving you, you know, the answers that you need. So Make sure you remember the angels are waiting for you to speak the word of God, not just your emotions and, you know, all the things that you want to say. Okay, let's move on to confession. Confession can take place anytime. Ideally, it ought to take place whenever we sin. But most often we are too proud and emotionally charged to acknowledge our sin at the time that we commit it. Say when we lose our temper or, you know, you're gossiping or you're lying, stealing, whatever you do in the moment, you know, a lot of times we don't, we don't confess it right away. But devotion becomes impossible if we're overloaded with guilt. If you put off admitting your sins to God, confession may need to come first in your devotional time. So here's the thing, you know, in other spiritual, you know, I'm, I'm gonna have to say religion, I don't like to use the word religion, because Christianity is a religion and that is not what jesus wanted he did not want a religion um but when you look at like catholics and other other people sometimes they have these things called confession where you go and you talk to a person and you tell them all of your sins but when you are in christ you do not need to talk to anyone else about your sins you need to confess them to the lord yes you may need to apologize to someone or admit something to someone if you've wronged them but in terms of confessing your sins that is for god alone jesus broke every barrier between you and him so you go straight to the lord you go straight to jesus and you tell him at the beginning of your prayer like if i'm telling you the real order of how you pray and when i pray this way my life took off in the most unimaginable way like <laughs> The reason why a lot of it has actually backtracked for me is because I stopped praying properly because I became lazy. That's just the truth. Uh, God is still gracious and, you know, he still moves, but I became lazy. But when I saw significant power in my life and answers and, you know, just I'd pray for anything and I would just, it's like God was just waiting for me to say it. And he's like, got it, got it, got it, got it there was an order there was a heart posture when i prayed i wasn't coming to god for a bunch of stuff i was taking care of business here on earth and i was letting the kingdom of heaven come down and the first part is you praising god is you starting off with telling the lord how wonderful he is how great he is how much you admire him and all the things that he does and going through and actually telling god 
about himself. He's a king. When you come to a king, you approach the throne with reverence, with honor, with gifts, with, you know, songs. You come to him in that way first. Then you confess your sins. You tell the Lord, you know, Father, today, you know, when I was talking to my mom, I, sh I was saying some stuff that was real judgmental and I shouldn't have done. I shouldn't have done that. And I'm sorry. And I I'm turning away from that. I'm not just sorry, but I'm turning away from that. And I need your help because this tongue of mine is just out of control. I need your help. Please help guard my mouth. So you're confessing to God and then you go into, you know, some of the other things. But confession is absolutely necessary. I wanted to show you some things that I use that help me to keep track of all this stuff while I'm praying because is my prayer journal. And I love this one from Amazon. It's a three month prayer guide. I don't need anything really fancy. This is the most basic of basics. But the reason why I love it is it just has these four boxes and you just write down freehand like I don't like lines I just like to just go and it's, it has a date and then it has a box that says today's verse so whatever verse pops out to me whatever verse the holy scripture pushes into my mind I write it here and then it has another box that says lord teach me to and that's where I get to say like teach me to be a better housewife teach me to be a better mother teach me to be um more patient and then here at the bottom it says I am thankful for and that's where I write down everything that day that I am thankful for. And it can be the smallest thing. Like I'm thankful for the time that I got to spend walking to get a cup of coffee. Or I'm thankful for, I, I think one day I wore like uh, this body lotion and then I put this oil with it and it created the most incredible scent. I was like, what? I feel like I got a new perfume. And I'm like, thank you, Lord, for just giving me that idea. So it can be tiny, 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 random stuff like that. And then it can also be like really big stuff. So all the things you're thankful for and then your prayer requests. And this is where I start off with praying for other people. Like, please help this woman whose brother just passed away. Please help this person to heal from their illness. And then when I go into a prayer, I start off by thanking him. Prayer requests. Then I go to Lord teach me to. Does that make sense? So I find it to just be more organized and helpful in that way. You can let me know in the comments, how do you pray? What do you do? How do you get organized? Do you put your scriptures on your wall, in your prayer closet? Do you write them on your Bible? Like, what do you do and how do you pray? We must regularly examine ourselves in view of Romans 3, 9 through 20, which reveals that every area of our life is tainted with sin. None of us are sinless. We're saved by grace, but we still need to confess our sins. And it helps you. I promise you, like for me, this was really important. When I would confess my sins, it would help me in the next situation to remember because I don't spend time now talking to God about it, telling the Lord he helped me. And so when it happens again, I'm more like aware of it versus if I had not confessed it. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to confess because it's like, I don't want to think about the fact that I messed up, but I messed up. So it's just part of the, it's part of it. It's you realizing how much you need God and humbling yourself. I'm not saying that we simply fail God, but rather our sin profoundly affects every part of us. Unconfessed sin makes us avoid prayer because God seems distant, but confession restores our relationship with him and brings us back into his favor. 
And when you confess your sins, like you feel that closeness, that intimacy with God more because you are, you're humbling yourself. You're lowering yourself. You're, you're getting into, you know, God's lap as your father and you're just holding him. Your arms are around God's neck and you're just like, Lord, father, Abba, I am, I'm a mess. I need your help. You know, you're getting into that posture and that's beautiful. And then comes adoration, which is what I was telling you about earlier. The devotional aspects of our prayer time results in adoration. That is telling God that we treasure him and telling him what we treasure about him. Reverence, which is often missing, must always characterize our time with God. And along with reverence, we need concentration. That means our minds must be fully engaged. This is the reason why it's good to give your freshest, most attentive time of your day to your devotional time with God. For me, that used to be like early in the morning when I was single. Mm, I, I could spend all day with God, first of all, when I was single. But I love the morning, like right when the sun would rise, I would start when it's dark and I would just love to see the sun rise as I'm in prayer with God. But that's changed, having a family now, the mornings I've tried and I'm so sleepy. All I can think about is sleeping. I'm falling. I'm just not as awake. So for me, the evenings are better after my son goes to sleep. And I will talk a little bit about this more. But back to adoration. When I praise a friend or a grandchild, I acknowledge something I appreciate about that person. Well done. Or you're always so kind. Or wow, that was really generous. That's how it is with God. I tell him what I appreciate about him, right? And that praise is what we do in eternity. So you're telling God, you are worthy. You are Lord. You are God. You are the creator of the heaven and the earth and the birds and the sea. Like, just look around you. Like, you're, you're so creative. You're kind. God, you're so thoughtful. You're so loving. Lord, you're so forgiving. You're adoring him. This is so important. And if you struggle with this, you can always read the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms has so their songs. So as I was saying, like starting off your prayer time with singing and giving God praise and glory, you can do that by reading a Psalm. If you are not in that place to sing and to praise him from your heart right away. I also love listening to worship music when I'm in prayer time because this helps to bring me into the presence of God. You know, sometimes you just feel like, okay, I'm here, God, I'm here. <laughs> but you need to get into that, that space mentally. I love worship music. And I always say, if you're going to listen to worship music, listen to worship music that is anointed, that, you know, the, the spirit of God is in that music. Listen to music that has scripture in it. That's just heavily scripture based. Those songs are going to do something. And one person I love to listen to, I will link his channel below is Victor Thompson. I love his worship music with him. His voice is oh, gorgeous, but it's not about him. He's not there to make you be like, oh, wow, this guy could sing. It's all pure worship. And his songs are heavily scripture based. I love his music. So he is one of my favorites. In terms of just like devotional time, not necessarily praying. I also love Dappy T Keys and I will link his channel below. He does not sing. His is just instrumentals. He plays the piano and he puts scriptures 
on the screen with like scenes of nature so you can pray to god yourself and you're hearing holy music in the background and you're looking at different scriptures that you can actually meditate on or speak as you um as you pray so i will link those both below but worship music is so important and it's so healing you know when you pray i'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk fully about like my whole sermon on prayer but those are the times the lord can meet you like jesus can walk right into your house and meet with you there and you can feel the changes in your body the lord can touch you and heal you the lord can touch your bank account and heal it the lord can give you ideas and give you peace and just take things off of your heavy loaded back and just free you that is that time where you're inviting him. Our devotion results in a conscious yielding of every part of our personality, our ambition, our relationship, our hope to him. Submission to God's will is a true heart of worship. When you're worshiping God, you know, we always think of just singing to God, but the real spiritual worship is ongoing it's all the time it's you dedicating consecrating your life to god so when you're working instead of being on youtube watching videos shopping online instead of you you know just being distracted you're working as if god is in the room with you because he is but you're working like your boss is standing right there like this you know, you are working onto the Lord. When you're cleaning your house, you're cleaning it onto the Lord. You're cleaning it for God. That is worship. That is worship. You don't realize that worship is not just you singing. Worship is the way you live your life. When you're eating and you decide like today, <laughs> I bought some donuts for my family and because I love sweet stuff and I love baking and cooking and just like giving to my husband and my baby. Like I just love it. But, you know, sometimes it's a little bit too much. And I had that gorgeous box of donut with all those flavors and I wanted to eat like three of them. But that would not be a good thing. Me yielding to every desire is not uplifting to the Lord. So worship is also in the way that you eat and how much you eat and what you eat. Everything is a form of worship, how you take care of yourself. If you look like a bum every day, and you don't take care of this temple that God lives in, if you don't show up as the beautiful feminine woman that God created you to be, then you're out of line, you're out of order. So you want to worship the Lord in all things that you do, the way you keep your house, the way that you speak to people, the way that you act in the parking lot. All of those things are a form of worship. So your whole life is a sacrifice to the Lord. And that is true worship. But sometimes you can also worship the Lord when you're doing certain things like washing the dishes, you can sing to God, you can pray. I have struggled greatly since becoming a mother in terms of finding time to have my prayer time with God. It has been a very big challenge for me. But when I could not dedicate like the time, like a, two hours or an hour to God, I would just try to pray as much as I could doing any little task. So I would be praying, washing dishes, praying while I'm cooking, praying while I'm loading the dishwasher, praying while I am giving my son his bath. And those times were really powerful. I could feel the presence of God. I would be making, 
you know, scrambled eggs and omelets in the kitchen and I would just feel the power of God come upon me. I'd just be weeping in the kitchen. But those 10 minutes were equivalent to two hours sitting in a prayer closet, just rambling things and feeling nothing. And it's not about a feeling. I'm not saying it's about a feeling, but I'm saying that I was connected in that small moment of worshiping the Lord by doing something that was just mundane. So your worship time is everything to God. And then let's get to petitioning. Petition is the part that we all like, the part where we're asking God for stuff. <laughs> so this is what's super important is that you're praying in the spirit. And this is something that could be a whole nother video. But praying in the spirit is when you are praying to God with the help of the Holy Spirit. It's also called praying in tongues. When you pray in a language that God gives you, a language that no one else can understand, you are not speaking it to another person, you are praying it to God. And it's a mystery that only God understands. Um, that's, that's a whole nother topic and that would take another hour to get through. So we'll talk about that another time because some people don't believe in praying in tongues. And again, it's a whole nother topic, but it's praying in the spirit. and. She says here, praying in the spirit is in the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. A lot of times we don't know what to pray or we don't feel like praying or we feel like we've prayed enough, we're done. But when you pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans and words that we cannot express. The indwelling Holy Spirit both prays for us and joins us in our praying infusing his prayers into ours so that we can pray in the spirit trying to just make it as digestible and as easy as possible to understand when you pray in the spirit you are praying mysteries god himself is inside you and he is praying for you through you and he is taking the will of god because only god knows what god wants for your life what god needs for your life so he is taking his will and he's praying it back to him because when you pray god's will you get a yes, <laughs> but you don't know what his will always is. You know his will from what's in the Bible, but you don't always know his will for every specific situation in your life. So that is so important to pray what God wants you to pray through praying in the spirit. And the scripture says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask for. And this is in 1 John 5, 14. And a lot of times people will think, well, we ask for it. And it says in the scripture that if we ask, that we'll get it. Well, you will get it if it's his will. And that's the key, if it's his will. So the other benefit of praying in the spirit is that it supplies the energizing of the Holy Spirit for prayer giving tired, even infirm bodies strength and lifting the depressed to pray with power and conviction for God's work. When you pray in the spirit, you can pray longer. Some people pray like 12 hours. So you can pray. How do you pray 12 hours? You can pray 12 hours if God is praying through you. So you can pray longer and it also helps you with spiritual gifts. For those of you who understand spiritual gifts, if you are doing anything for God, you need spiritual giftings and when you pray in the spirit it energizes you to be able to flow in those gifts easier um again this 
chapter is really long and I can't get into all of this, but it's another really beautiful part of praying in the spirit. And then, of course, you also want continual prayer. You want to continue praying about the same things over and over and over and then always being in prayer as much as you can. She also talks about varied prayer. In Timothy, Paul says, I urge them, first of all, that prayers, requests, intercession and thanksgiving be made for everyone. Varied prayer grows out of continual prayer because as we pray continually, the various situations we encounter demand a variety of prayers. Prayers to resist temptation, prayers for growth, prayers for wisdom, prayers for self-restraint, prayers for protection of others, prayers for conviction. So you want your prayers to be about different things, not just, I really want this job, please help me get this apartment, please make me, you know, beautiful, help me get a husband. You also want prayers for things like, please help me to have more self-control, please help me to have motivation to go to the gym, please help me to stop stealing, you know, all of these different things are important and persistent prayer praying for the same thing over and over and over and over and over until you get results and some people even say like hold up the call line in heaven hold that line up girl don't get off the phone say no we're gonna be here we're gonna talk about this until we get answers god wants you to keep asking keep seeking keep knocking and I do not let go. When there is something that I need the Lord to do, I do not let go. He is going to hear from me every day until I see results. And in the Bible, God gives us an example of this. In the book of Luke, I'm going to read you because I'm not reading from this book. I don't know what version she uses, but I don't like it. Luke um, chapter 18. This is a parable of the persistent widow. He then told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not become discouraged. There was a judge in a certain town who did not fear God or respect man. So the judge didn't fear God. He don't care about God and he don't care about people. Hmm. So he was not the nicest person in the world. There was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect man. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, even though I do not fear God or respect man, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. <laughs> then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay to help him? I tell you that he will swiftly grant them justice. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he find that faith on the earth? So as you can see, this woman kept coming and coming and coming. Even though this judge did not care about people or about God, he was like, look, I'm not going to have this woman stressing me out like this. Fine. And the Lord says, like, I need you to come to me that way. And of course, I'm going to I'm going to move for you because you're mine. I'm going to move for you. I love you. So don't give up on your prayers. Continually ask, continually seek. Don't get discouraged. Don't feel like God doesn't hear you, doesn't love you, doesn't want to answer you, that you're bad and you don't deserve it and all the things that the devil will try to tell you. Hold on to your father. Keep your arms around his neck and keep asking and seeking and knocking. God answers persistent prayer. And lastly, intercess 
my gosh, there's so much more. There's so much more. Okay, this is a long chapter, girl. Intercessory prayer is praying for other believers in Jesus Christ. And this is really important when you are, you know, praying for other people, for their salvation, for, you know, whatever work they're doing. A lot of times people will say that when they're pastors or they're healers and all of these things, that it's because of the people who prayed for them that they had power. And there is a really powerful testimony going around YouTube right now of this man who was like married to a witch since he was born. It was a very intense testimony. But he talks about how like being a warlock and a witch his whole entire life, this was the one thing that stopped them was people's prayers. And people don't realize how powerful their prayers are when it opposes the kingdom of darkness. And he talks about how there was this one man who his whole ministry was based on the prayers of the people who prayed for him. Yes, he was the one healing people and freeing people from all this stuff by the power of God, but he was only successful because of all of the people who were always praying for him. Once he stopped making time for them because he was so busy, he was flying around the world, he was doing this and doing that, and he stopped meeting with them, he lost his power. Like he wasn't effective anymore because it was writing on the backs of other people's prayers. So praying for other people is important. And then she just talks about making sure that you're setting aside time to pray, making sure that you're asking people if they need prayer for things, looking at your church bulletin and seeing who needs prayer. And um, also, you know, picking a time and a place that you won't be interrupted. Early in the morning, late at night, I have had to pray in a place I really don't want to pray in because it's what's convenient for me right now. And I really don't like that place, <laughs> but it's where I have to pray in order to have my peace and privacy but it doesn't really matter it's about the intimacy with god and then it talks about not killing your prayer life with legalistic commitments to pray for a certain amount of time and i did want to touch on that briefly because there are videos and things floating around that talk about like i pray every day for one hour in tongues and this is what happened or they'll say like pray every day for this amount of time and yes, like some of that stuff is good to get you disciplined. But I know that when I started doing that, like, okay, I'm going to pray every day nonstop for one hour. After the second day, I'm like, nah, I'm not doing this. Because I was looking at my clock over and over. I could not wait till it hit that one hour timestamp. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is a relationship with God. This is not some demand that I have to pray for a certain amount of time to see results. And there's a lot of stuff on YouTube a lot of stuff on YouTube. A lot of people trying to do these things for views and all of this kind of stuff. And yes, yeah, some of it is is fine. It's a testimony. It worked for them. But don't lock yourself into these rigid rules for praying because that becomes legalistic. That is not what God wants. When I said, you know, I'm done with this. I was actually able to pray for more than an hour because it was real. It was because I wanted to be there. I wanted to pray. I wanted to give God glory. It wasn't because I'm trying to hit this certain number. So be careful with that. I really like this part in the book. That's why I want to read it. I remember a night when I was asked to help get dinner on the table. Dad was out of town and mom was seven months pregnant and caring for five children ages two to nine. She was serving my most hated meal, black eyed peas and spam. I complained loudly about the dinner and mom soon disappeared from the kitchen. I called to find her and I got no answer. Something drew me 
into the basement and I found her by the furnace room. It was completely dark and she was crying. Seeing her seven-year-old standing there in fear, she wiped her eyes and told me she needed to come pray for some more strength. That early image of my mom as intercessor and supplicant fills my mind and memory now with its poignancy and truth. Instead of shouting in anger at my childish insensitivity, she withdrew to call on more reserves from her Heavenly Father, abundantly available to her for the asking. I thought that was so beautiful because sometimes you do need to do that. You do need to step away from a situation, even if it requires tears and cry and pray. And I have had to do that. I have been in situations where I have been so frustrated with whoever, whether it's a coworker or my husband, and I needed to literally walk away, go to the bathroom, cry and pray for strength and talk to God and say, I need you. And he shows up. The discipline is a call to work. Prayer is not a sport. It is not something you do only if you like it or you're good at it. And it will not come easy. But do not give up trying if you have failed in the past. Confess your failures to God and then discipline yourself to begin something new. So I want to hear from you. Let me know, like, how much time do you spend in prayer? Do you find yourself praying every day? Is it a quick little one, two, three before you close your eyes and go to sleep? You know, have you fallen off of your prayer life? What causes you to fall off of your prayer life? Do you see a difference in your life from when you pray and when you don't pray? Do you find it difficult to make time and find a quiet place in your house to pray? Let me know. And I really hope that this was a blessing to you, that it just helped you to understand prayer, understand, you know, how to pray properly. And I will also link another video that I did on my other channel a couple years ago about prayer, just in case you want to hear a little bit more about prayer and, you know, just like the way that I pray and how I think while I pray and that kind of thing. Thank you so much, ladies, for taking the time to listen to this segment on prayer. There were so many other things that I wanted to really dive into, but I just didn't want it to be too overwhelming and too long because it's a lot of information. Sometimes it can just be a bit much, but the biggest thing is to pray without ceasing. Pray and continue to pray. Even when you feel discouraged, even when you feel like you're not being heard, even when you feel like everything is getting worse, never stop praying. I get discouraged sometimes too, where I feel very disconnected from God, where I need something to lift me back up. And so sometimes I'm searching for someone I want to listen to that I know will help encourage me. Uh, sometimes I can't even get to my Bible. Like I just, I'm so disinterested because I'm so focused on my problem. And in those moments, it's so important for you to focus on everything God has already done for you. Focus on the fact that he loves you. Focus on the fact that no matter what, he's going to work something out for you. But the faith, the faith is what drives everything. The moment you stop having faith, the moment you start doubting, you lose you lose out on that blessing and the devil is so good about trying to get your mind to doubt God so that you can lose the blessing and 
God does not work in time. God is not in time. He put us in time, but God is not in time. So everything can happen in a split second for God. For you, it took five years. For God, it took point, point, point one seconds, you know? And we have to also remember that anything can happen at any time. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how much money you have, where you live in the world. God can do anything. All things are possible with God. All things are possible for him that believes. So never lose your faith in God. The Lord says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For the one who draws near must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That second part is necessary for you to know that God is a rewarder and expect that reward. Expect it because he's telling you that that's what he is. That's who he is. That's his character. He rewards those who seek him out, who pray, who fast, who read the Bible, who are looking for him. He shows up for you. God always shows up for you every single day and we have to make sure that we thank him and the book that i shared i will link below but that book is so good not just for writing down your prayers so that you hit every topic but also for flipping back and seeing all the things that god has done all the prayers that god has answered looking back four or five months a year and seeing wow i cannot believe what god has done it's a beautiful way to put everything on paper. So I just want to encourage you in that. Continue to pray. Continue to seek God. Continue to knock on the door. Continue to hold up the prayer line in heaven. Continue to pray scriptures. Let them sink in your heart. Let the Holy Spirit bring those scriptures back up to remembrance when you need them. Rely on him and trust him. I also want to add that it is necessary that you forgive. That is something she did not put in this chapter, but that's why I said that you must follow the Lord's prayer, the structure of it, because that structure is exactly what you should be doing. It says to forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. When you pray, you need to forgive. You need to forgive people who have wronged you, who have hurt you. A lot of you are not getting your prayers answered because you are in unforgiveness. You are holding on to something someone has done to you, whether it's in the past or whether it happened yesterday or it happened that day. You need to drop it in that moment with God. Let it go or he will not hear your prayers. He will not forgive you. You have to do this. <laughs> this is something that I promise you is blocking your prayers. And for a lot of you, it's also blocking your healing. You must forgive. Unforgiveness is one of the most decaying, eroding things that you could ever do to your spiritual life. You are blocking your own blessings. You are blocking your own freedom. And there are some things I know are unbelievably hard to forgive. And I have that series for you, Fiercely Feminine, to help you to heal from those things. And the Lord Jesus will help you. If you feel like you cannot forgive someone or something is too hard to forgive, ask God to help you to forgive. He wants you to do it. He will help you. Each and every day when we wake up, we get a fresh start. God gives us a fresh slate. And that is to be extended to the people in your life. So the people who have hurt you in your household, in your home, at your job, your neighbor, the policeman down the street, 
it is important for you to forgive them. And when you wake up that next morning, it's a new day. Everything is forgiven. I definitely needed to say that. And the very last thing I will add is that I talked about the angels taking your prayers up. And I mentioned that a lot of people who have had spiritual encounters with angels have mentioned this, but with everything, it is so important that you are able to tie it back to scripture because yes, there's a lot of people out there who have a lot of spooky tales and things like that. And it's, it's entertaining. It's great to listen to, but we have to always come back to the Bible and base things on what the Bible says. I wanted to make sure that I brought scripture to you about angels and how they take your prayers up um, so that you're not left with, you know, supernatural stories. Um, there is a scripture in Revelation, the book of Revelation, which is the last book in the Bible, chapter eight, verses three and four. And it says, and another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne and the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angels hands that so talks about the angels holding the prayers of those who are in Christ. And there's another scripture in Genesis chapter 28, verse 12, that says, Behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and at the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it, taking prayers up to heaven. So there is a spiritual ladder. Um, some people call it a portal. I don't know if a portal is the best way to um, talk about this because words like portal are usually used in the demonic and in the new age world. It's not something that's used in the Bible, but in a sense, it's like a spiritual, yeah, a spiritual ladder going from earth up to heaven and angels are going up and down that ladder, taking your prayers up to God. So this is happening all around you and if you don't believe in angels or you don't believe in this kind of stuff it's in the bible it is the word of god god is telling you what is happening around you so your prayers are being heard they're being taken up sometimes there are delays sometimes you are the delay so just know that there's a lot happening and you have a lot of power in that God loves you so much. He is merciful. He answers prayers sometimes that you just pray in your heart. You didn't have to go through this ritual of like, thank you, Jesus, forgive me for my sin, you know, all this stuff. Yes, you should, but the Lord is merciful. Sometimes you just have a pain in your heart about something and he hears you. He knows it and he'll still answer that prayer because he's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to do. But it doesn't take away from the fact that there is a way to pray if you consistently want to see results. And that's the whole point of this chapter. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope that it helps encourage you to pray. I will link everything in the information box on this podcast from the books to the sermons and the different people that I listen to when I pray. And if you want to go on the YouTube video, then you can follow up and get all the information there as well. Be sure to follow me on my Instagram page at Dr. Michelle Daff and at the Dr. Daff Show. And have a beautiful rest of your day, my love. Until next time, bye-bye.